quitting is not always the answer, right? But some people will quit their jobs hoping that they that's going to cure the burnout. And for a while it does, but they find themselves back in the same cycle again because they didn't truly identify what was the actual root cause of burnout. So if someone for them, it was reward and then they, they took a role with more, you know, recognition and community and fairness. And they like the job was a promotion, but the reward wasn't there still. They weren't recognized and they're still, that's going to kind of, kind of come back and show up again. Welcome to the coffee with Courtney podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Marie, web designer and CEO of Courtney Marie & Co. After building a multiple six-figure design agency, I wanted to create a podcast to share everything I've learned and am still learning to help you grow your business. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts, share tips on branding, marketing, business, and so much more. So if you're ready to learn how to run a successful business and stand out online, grab your cup of coffee and let's dive in. Welcome back, guys. Today I have with me Kelsey Warren. And it's special because Kelsey came to me, what was that last year? And mm-hmm. she was actually a client. Um, we connected a while back and then she was a client. And now we're here today on the podcast. So full circle moment. And so I just want to welcome you to the show, Kelsey, and then I'll have you introduce yourself. Thanks so much for having me. It's excited. I think I told you on our like strategy call that I've been following you for so long. So it was wonderful <laughs> to actually get to work with you and then just continue the relationship. So I appreciate you having me on. Um, I am a workplace well-being coach and consultant. So essentially the mission of the company that I have is to enhance employee well-being through awareness, education, and action around workplace values specifically. So my lens, everything that I do as far as career and workplace well-being is kind of rooted in workplace values. And through that lens, we'll get into more about how that's important. I think later when we talk about um, what we're about to talk about, but um, essentially my background is in mental health. So I actually used to be a therapist prior to becoming a coach. There were some misalignments there for me in a few areas. And I actually just really liked coaching and developing the staff that I had a lot more than the one-on-one like intensity of of client work and so when i realized that that it was actually like the coaching conversations that were really the things that lit me up i also simultaneously noticed there was gaps in what you can do to enhance employees and coach them at the level that they're at but also balancing business needs and so that kind of led me in this direction of workplace well-being and helping just bridge the gap for organizations and employees that are looking to just improve their leadership skills, recover from burnout, prevent burnout, you know, if you're a business owner or a leader of any kind. And so that's kind of what I do now. I'm getting my PhD in industrial and organizational psychology and my dissertation is on workplace value. So I'm like very much a nerd, <laughs> anything to do with, with this topic, but that's kind of the professional side. Outside of that, I've been married almost 10 years. Uh, my husband is active duty in the Air Force, so we're a military family um, moving later this year. So that's exciting. Um, and I also have a four-year-old daughter and two wonderful dogs. Aww, what kind of dogs do you have? Um, I have a, they're right here too. So hopefully they don't make a lot of noise, but I have a golden doodle and then we think a cockapoo. I don't know if she is a rescue, but I think they said like cocker, cocker spaniel poodle mix. So she... They actually look exactly the same. One's just big and one's small. Oh, so cute. Love that. And I actually didn't know the Air Force part. How many times? I'm just curious. How many times have you actually moved? 
Um, so he's moved more than I have. We're from the same town in Oregon. Um, he spent four years in Isleson, Alaska. So like very tip of Alaska. We were in Minot, North Dakota for four years. So that is like essentially at the Canadian border in North mm-hmm. Dakota. And then we have been here in North Carolina for six years. So we haven't moved a lot. It's a special duty assignment where he's at right now. And so we know that we have a move coming in November. We just won't know until like two months no, before. That's so. so stressful. I have another friend that they kind of go through the same thing. I'm just like, how do you not? Like the fact that you don't know until a couple of weeks or months before yeah. is crazy to me. Yeah, it is. It's pretty intense. And it wasn't as uh, like the housing market wasn't as wild last time we moved. And so we're going to now have to sell this house buy potentially or rent within just like two or months and then also find childcare and all of that other, you know, fun yeah. stuff to get the business switched, <laughs> you know, figure out that. So, wow. well, that in itself, like you have to be able to manage that with business too. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, well, very cool. I want to just kind of jump right in. So today we are talking about burnout and I know a lot of people that go through this. I think it's ine- inevitable that eventually you will go through burnout. So let's just jump in and talk about what is burnout exactly because, or how can someone tell if they're going through burnout? Yeah, that is, I think it's something that is used and kind of tossed around a lot lately, kind of almost in a buzzword. And there are different forms of burnout too. So I think just to start with that, we're going to talk about occupational burnout. So burnout that happens as a result of something with the role or the work environment. And so when we talk about burnout in that sense, just know that it is, I know there are things like caregiver burnout, you know, with neurodivergence, there can be burnout type situations, but for work specific, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, So essentially, just the very like basic definition of burnout is chronic stress over time in an occupational setting. So what creates that chronic stress for people is going to vary from person to person, but traditionally it is a mismatch. The stress is caused from a mismatch in one of six areas. And so those areas can be control. So the level of control or also known as autonomy. So like the level of autonomy that you have um, over your actual role. So in leadership positions, like you may have more autonomy than if you were an individual contributor or in a different type of role. The other is workload. So another is workload. And that's, I think, what is most commonly mm-hmm. associated with burnout. I'm working too much. And so I have to do less in order to recover from burnout. And so we'll talk about why that's maybe frustrating sometimes when that's not the case. Yeah. Um, the third is reward. So being able to be like rewarded and recognized. Um, if there is a mismatch in that, like you're putting out a lot of effort at work and you don't feel like you're being compensated or never appreciated in the way that you like to be appreciated, then that can be a mismatch. Um, there's a community aspect of it. So more your work environment related. So if they're, you know, their coworkers are completely misaligned, they have totally different goals and values that could be potentially or just feeling like I know a lot of people that operate in silos or they'll say like, I'm a one person department, maybe miss that community um, feeling. And especially if you're a solopreneur, that could be something that is creating kind of that disconnect for you there. Um, the fifth is fairness. So just across the board, like being having that feeling of being treated fairly. And that comes from compensation. It comes from rewards and benefits packages. It comes from just general, I know we see it a lot in the workplace, just discrimination across the Mm -hmm. board that can happen. So that can be a mismatch. And then the last one is a mismatch of values. 
And so that's like where I really like get into all of the details on the things that I do, although we just we can address all of those things technically. But um, with values, especially at work, it's not necessarily just the company values or something that you don't align with. You also show up to work with your own workplace values as an employee. And so then we're looking at, okay, do the company values and mission do I fit in with my workplace values with the role in the work environment? And so finding that person in role and environment fit there is um, also a contributing factor of burnout if there is a mismatch. So let's say you are really passionate about working for a mission-driven company, but the mission of the company is like producing a service or a product that actually doesn't help anyone. And it's only like like profit-centered, like that's going to be fundamentally like yeah. And agitation and irritation, you may like your job, but like that could be something alone that contributes to burnout because that creates that chronic stress over time because you're like, showing up every day, not really feeling purpose or meaning. So those are the six like categories of mismatches or why that chronic stress can happen. Um, so when you understand that, then it's kind of, I'm talking a lot too. Do you have any questions? No, you're good. <laughs> you I, I'm like soaking up everything. I do have questions, but I'll okay. wait. Okay. Um, so that's so chronic stress. We talked about that. We've talked about what creates the chronic stress or why that can happen. And I think I like to break those down just so that you understand, like for you, maybe it's not the workload. Maybe it is like you're missing that fairness piece, or you don't feel like you have a lot of control. Maybe you have a micromanaging manager. And so you don't have that autonomy. And so I think a lot of people will assume that it's not either they are confused and maybe think that it's something outside of burnout because they are like, well, I'm not overworked, like I'm not working too much, or they maybe are working a healthy level, but they assume it's the workload. And so they try to just pull back on everything. You know, they take rest because they're tired and they say no and start setting boundaries all over the place, but it's not helping the symptoms of burnout, which we'll talk Mm -hmm. about in just a second. And so I just like to make it really clear that there are different reasons why chronic stress happens depending on your specific needs as a human and what you show up to work and you value. So um, when we think about symptoms of burnout or how you can identify that you're burnout, it's actually have a question before we get into symptoms. Yeah, go ahead. What did you mean? I heard neurodivergent. What do you mean? (laughs) Is that completely different? Like a different type of burnout? So uh, there is like neurodivergent. Can you explain what you mean by that first? Yeah. So anyone experiencing, you know, autism or having like ADHD typical than like having any kind of, I would don't want to say like most entrepreneurs. (laughs) Yeah, truly, honestly. And I think that that's, I could talk, you know, about that for hours. I think that's what makes us wonderful entrepreneurs, honestly, is just to have that like additional lens of creativity and structure is a little different for us. If you are neurodivergent, then I know I am. I have ADHD. So I think uh, I am too. And so I want to kind of like hear, what do you mean? How does, how is burnout different for? Um, I think just in general. So there are just different like terms for different things. So when we're categorizing burnout from work, it's going to be a little bit different than the exhaustion or the burnout you may feel because you are trying to operate in a system that doesn't, isn't necessarily designed to how you operate. Like, oh my gosh, I feel that a lot. Like, I'm always like, well, let me just go create a system that works for me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think a lot of people become entrepreneurs potentially that do have ADHD because, or any kind of like outside of neurotypical processing, I think, because 
corporate structure and system is made a certain way for a specific kind of brain and person. And not that you can't thrive successfully in there if you are neurodivergent, but I think a lot of people will find that the autonomy, the flexibility, like the things that entrepreneurship provides you is more, uh, you can have more control, I guess, over it. So separate in that if someone is saying like they are burnt out from like experiencing life a certain way because of how their brain is operating or wiring is different than burnout due to something in the role or the work environment specifically. Right. Okay. Um, that makes sense. And then it's also different from anxiety and depression. So burnout is actually not a mental health condition or illness. It's not in the DSM. It is not even classified like as an, a medical diagnosis at all. It is in the ICD as an occupational phenomenon, but Essentially, if you remove, if let's say that the root cause of burnout for you at work was one of these things, let's say it was workload. If you removed the workload, the symptoms of burnout would go away. Interesting. And so that's different for than burnout associated with something like, you know, ADHD, because you can't just get rid of ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why they call it a phenomenon, not a, like a disorder or a medical illness. Okay. So let's, let's get into like the symptoms because that's very interesting that you said when you take out the variable, the burnout is gone. Mm-hmm. And so I want to get into how can someone tell if it's burnout or maybe anxiety and depression? Like what are some very clear, distinct symptoms that would tell you it's burnout? Yeah. So burnout has depending on what research you look at, there's like different categories, stages, symptoms, all going all the way up to like 12 different categories. But the three most distinct symptoms or characterizations of burnout, the first is exhaustion. So mental and physical can be, so that's just like, you know, feeling tired, feeling just not necessarily generally motivated potentially. Um, And this is hard because that is a symptom of a lot of things. And Mm -hmm. so, Um, It is a hard for a lot of people. And I think this is why a lot of people are frustrated with burnout is because it is, it does mimic depression, anxiety symptoms a lot of the time. So that is the first step. The second characterization is cynicism or kind of like referred to as depersonalization sometimes. So basically a deep seated resentment, mistrust for the work role or the work environment, um, kind of just detaching like from it entirely like not have it having kind of like not even a neutral impact but just kind of like a negative view of it um so especially like in business owners if you can see for example like the fairness aspect like if you're undercharging you're gonna eventually feel exhausted you're mm-hmm. gonna start building that resentment when you go and like sit down to do client work because that fairness piece to you is mismatched and misaligned um, so that's something like an example of how that can present. If you're experiencing resentment and you're already tired, you may actually be experiencing burnout as well. And so the third and kind of the most critical area is reduced professional efficacy. And what this is, is basically your confidence and your ability to get things done as you typically do, like would, is diminished over time. So you get yourself kind of into a cycle where you feel tired, then you're cynical. So you start kind of dropping balls, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. And then this gets into like, you feel guilty about that because that's not how you typically operate. But then you get into this like swing of, well, I feel tired and guilty that I'm dropping these balls or that I'm just like not giving the level of care that I used to. But then you swing back into resentment. But 
but I don't care really anyway. Like who cares about this? You know, you know, they are not going to care. So why should I care? So it gets into like, it's kind of a hard cycle to get out of um, once you're in it. And it's also hard to identify that you are there a lot of the time, unless you're, you've removed it, you're out of it or someone else kind of points it out to you because of the nature of that. When you're cynical, like it's really hard to identify anything in your life that you could change or, or, you know, have control over. So, yeah. So how is that? Because I can see very like that can easily cross over into anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. So how does someone tell or what's the difference between that and depression? So with depression, I would say if like you also have to think about level of functioning when you talk about any kind of like mental illness or anything. So if you are seeing a therapist or you don't know if you should see a therapist and you're unsure, like, is this burnout or a therapist, like something I need to do with therapy? Here's a good like indicator, go to therapy and, and let them, you know, at least try that out first. But if you are trying to, you know, you're having a hard time getting out of bed even every morning or your energy levels are so low that you can't do any of your basic needs, like, you know, plan your meals or, get any kind of movement in anything like that if your symptoms of depression are so severe that it's impacting work but it's stemming from something outside of work that's a good indicator that it's maybe not burnout something a little bit deeper if you feel like every other area of your life is going you know as well as it could decent and we all have ups and downs but the source of all the frustration, all the drama, you know, if we've been in burnout too, you probably have been in a conversation with like friends or family members where you're just like venting about work and they're just like, if you hate your job so much, why do you quit? <laughs> so if it's like that kind of like, it's always work when you have vacations, you feel better up until the time that you go back to work. You know, if the anxiety and anxious feeling is happening like primarily before a big project or on Sundays or after you get negative feedback, that is an indicator that it could potentially be work. And so there, the, the hard thing about that is you don't really necessarily know because all of the, you know, depression, anxiety, those are things that are diagnosed by a therapist, but the therapist is not with you at work. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of a little bit of self-reflection, but I think what I would recommend to people if they're not sure, or they're pretty sure it's burnout would be to go through these areas we mentioned. So those six areas, control, workload, or reward, community, fairness, and values and rate like what's going well and what's not going well in those areas. And if you can identify mismatches, then you can start to take action and try to advocate for resources so that you can change what's within your control mm -hmm. at work. And if you're seeing progress or you're feeling better, it's a potential that it could have been burnout. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the the roundabout answer is like you you don't really know, but if you can start treating instead of treating the symptoms, treating the root cause of what's going on, if you think it's work, then that is potentially burnout. Right. Okay. So after going through the symptoms, how does so and I know you talked about it a little bit, but I'm sure there's more. How does someone start to treat burnout or heal from burnout? Yeah. So with burnout, because it's kind of that chronic stress over time, we have to somehow either reduce the chronic stress through reducing demands through increasing the resources or maybe a little bit of both. So kind of like think of it as a scale, like stress are things that create demands for us. And so when those are kind of not balanced with the resources that we have and resources can be at work, um, they can be like a supportive manager, you know, a work bestie. It can be value alignment. 
and having aligned values can be considered a resource and a supportive um, measure outside of work, you know, your personal habits and routines, boundary setting, self-care, like those things can also be like resources that support you. So um, looking at like what is creating stress for you in your life versus what is adding to it as a resource to help you manage stress is a good way to like baseline look at it. But as far as moving forward, in my opinion, I do think it is worthwhile to try and identify what the root cause is, like what's the actual cause of stress for you. And it might be a few different things, especially at work. Mm -hmm. Um, But breaking it down, I also like would recommend you, your role, your work environment, and the same thing, like what's going well here, what's, what's, what needs work or what needs improvement. And that can help you kind of unpack and identify, okay, here are the areas where I'm frustrated. Here's the areas where I feel like I'm not making progress. Here are the areas where I feel like are the, like the things that cause me anxiety and seeing, okay, on this list, it's like, I feel like I am not really valued in my position and I don't really see any kind of impact in the role that I'm making because no one ever, you know, rewards me or says they don't say bad job, but they also don't say good job. That could be potentially taking action on like an advocacy type conversation with your manager and saying like, Hey, you know, for me, I just really, like to know the why behind things. I like to see the impact, like in the the actual role, is there any feedback that you can give me? Like if I, you know, I'm heading in the right direction or any way that we can structure this differently. So that could be you advocating for a resource in the form of feedback to help with the reward type of mismatch that you have going on there. So I think it's hard to give like a, a specific like step by step, but I think the 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 place here would just be if you can identify where the stress is being caused. It's not necessarily about treating, oh, I'm tired, so I'm gonna go take a nap. It's like how can I actually manage this stress a little bit differently? And then some things you just really truly don't have control to change, especially at work. So also being able to identify like what do I actually have control to change and like what are the things that I either need to figure out stress management techniques outside of work to to manage this or is it sometimes a situation where it's like so severe that a change is needed in like the form of a job change potentially and do you have any like specific questions that like tangible questions that someone can ask themselves to help identify the why like maybe they're sitting listening to this they're like okay i i now know i'm burnt out but like how do I find out what the why is? What are some tangible questions step-by-step that they can ask? Yeah. So I think, again, like breaking for me, I think most helpful for clients, typically just breaking it down into those categories. So you, your role, your work environment, and you being really honest too. Like if you know that you're, you know, you have a specific goal, you know, let's, let's say it's a fitness goal or something like that. And you're not eating on your meal plan or, you know, within your, you're not getting exercise like you wanted to or movement. Like you also have to be willing to say, okay, I could be doing better in these areas. Um, But asking truly what's going right in my role. What are the things that I love in my role? What are the things that I feel like make impact for in my role? And then what is not going well for me in my role specifically? So in my actual job that I do, and then you can also do that same thing for the work environment. So that's when you can uncover, like, is it the company culture? Like, do I feel like a part of a community here? Do I feel like it's fair? Maybe you do have a micromanaging boss and like that truly is like touching at a lot of those categories, like removing the fairness and mismatch of values and a lot of things. And that's kind of a conversation. Okay, so I either need to implement 
maybe some boundaries around how I speak to my manager or when I have those conversations or just some emotional boundaries around like, I'm not giving this my attention and energy at the moment. That's a potential way that you can help with that. But again, if it's something that you you can't control other people necessarily, so you either have to increase your resources like through boundary setting or like stress techniques or maybe having difficult conversations, or you actually have to physically like remove yourself, which could be requesting to be on a different team or, you know, leaving the job completely. I think that some people, I will say quitting is not always the answer, right? But some people will quit their jobs, hoping that they, that's going to cure the burnout. And for a while it does, but they find themselves back in the same cycle again, because they didn't truly identify what was the actual root cause of burnout. So if someone for them, it was reward, and then they, they took a role with more, you know, recognition and community and fairness. And they like the job was a promotion, but the reward wasn't there still, they weren't recognized. And they're still that's going to kind of come back and show up again. Yeah, which is true for everything in life, in business and relationships. If you don't get to the root cause, it'll just keep showing up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what about for, cause a lot of the conversations that I have with entrepreneurs is, um, I'm noticing a trend, like, I don't even know a trend, but you know, we've started these businesses four or five years later, you get to a point where you like call it burnout. How do you know if it's something that like you need a different offer or you need to go a different route? Um, because that, that's what I've been seeing a lot. Like people just cut and go do something else or like, how do you know when is the right time to, or if that's the time to go do something else, if you maybe lost your passion, but I also believe that you're not always going to have your passion. So it's kind of a tricky spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is a really good question. I also think, and I didn't maybe have it. And when we talk about entrepreneurs, this is a really good example because up until this point, we're talking about purely like the role, the work environment being the cause. And that is kind of when we look at the spectrum of like, is it the person that creates burnout for themselves or is it an organization that creates burnout? The evidence and like what is most known and accepted is actually somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. So we can recognize that organization systems, you know, the way the that, you know, US and and beyond is set up at the moment, like creates stress in a work environment in a lot of cases. And there are also attributes. So personal, like personality tendencies. So like that type A perfectionistic people pleasing traits that are more prone to burnout and also females (laughs) as well. So, you know, like, (laughs) so like, that's where you get into Burnout is not your fault if you are like that, but if you put yourself in conditions that are primed to be mismatched in any of those areas, and you are that type of person, which a lot of entrepreneurs also are, um, then you kind of create this like perfect storm and recipe for burnout. So when you when you think about that, because as a business owner, you have a lot more control over your role in your work environment than you would if you were an employee or someone else or a contractor for someone else, then this gets a little bit trickier because then it's like at what side you, you still have control to change, which is why I love like what you do, because 
you're taking a lot of the demand off of people that would probably, that would be creating so much stress for them. So that is an, a good example, like delegation where needed to reduce some of the things that are creating stress. So anything that's creating a demand for you that it makes also like financial sense to offload or delegate is a way that you can help manage your workload, even through, you know, getting a VA or something when the time is appropriate. Mm-hmm. So that is how you can with autonomy, you have a lot of autonomy as a business owner already, but if you feel like there are systems and processes in your business, or maybe you don't have any, um, potentially, I know that seems kind of like counterproductive, like systems and processes are actually going to give you more freedom, but that is the truth. You, I mean, like for sure, you know that, like that frees up your time, the automation, all of it is, is helpful. But if you are working with maybe clients that aren't aligned or you have systems and processes that you feel like are not working for you and you're not you don't feel like fully in control because of the things that you have set up that could be potentially a mismatch for you uh, we talked about reward earlier with like that resentment threshold so making sure your pricing is appropriate for what you're providing is helpful to not create that like resentment and that cynicism there community so being a part of a community where you are around people with like-minded you know goals and dreams is really important especially as a solo entrepreneur like you are just it's very isolating business ownership mm-hmm. is isolating um so making sure that those those points are being touched on with the fairness i feel like it's such a hard thing as a business owner truly um a recommendation for that would honestly be to just be really careful about your inputs and what you like who you're following on socials what you're comparing yourself yeah. against to because what's creating the unfairness, like you're in control of your business and you're actually like creating the unfairness by comparing yourself to other people that are different, farther along, you know, all of those things. And then with values, you can definitely tie this back to your business as well. So you have personal values as a business owner, but your business also has values. And so if you're, if those things are misaligned, that's going to create burnout for you. So if you're doing things as a business owner that you don't, like align with from a fundamental values level that can create resentment. And, you know, so your business, let's say takes a turn and you start working with clients that you are, are total mismatch for you, like personally, like then that can create a values misalignment for you from that perspective. So um, again, just like identifying where in those areas, but from a business lens, knowing like you have a lot more control to change these areas So Mm -hmm. at work, those are the things that you can do. And then on the personal side with those tendencies that I mentioned, like the people pleasing and the, you know, those things, procrastination, all of the fun stuff, then that's really going to be about like your personal habits and routines. And those are so important, especially, I mean, they're important for everyone and their well-being, but as a business owner, you have to, like you are, you know, the asset, you have to create an environment outside of work that helps you manage the stress of being an entrepreneur in general, because it's inherently stressful anyway. Which is why systems are super important in your business and outside of your business. Yes. Yes, definitely. So it sounds like, um, like what question would you ask someone if they're trying to decide, like, am I just burnt out and I need to like, keep going, like figure out the root cause, or is this something that I just don't, have a passion for anymore and start something new. Um, but it sounds like maybe address the burnout first and then they can see if that like underlying feeling is still there. Is that? 
Yeah. And sometimes it will be that you like, it's not necessarily the symptoms that are prompting that, but it's like kind of like that intuitive, like something's off, like something's not right. Like to me and just knowing like that is typically a fundamental value misalignment of some sort. So Mm -hmm. either it's like impact, it's energy, it's, you know, achievement, it's success, like whatever that, like the value that you're prioritizing at the time, if you personally are prioritizing something different than what your business is doing, that can be a good indicator. So, but to answer your question, yes, I think it's, if you want like a for sure answer, like there isn't necessarily one, I would say, but you could also like, a lot of my clients like that would come to me, they just say, before I leave my job or before I go and do something different, I want to know that I've done everything I can to make mm. this work. And so then we go through like, okay, if this is the cause of stress for you, let's come up with, you know, XYZ plan for a business owner. It could be, you know, creating some SOPs, getting some more structure, getting some Zapier, like automations in there. Like if it's workload, let's say, if you do those things, this, you give it some time and the symptoms of burnout, you're still feeling exhausted, resentful, frustrated then that could be a good indicator that it's time to shift to something different. Yeah. And that's really good because I think uh, another thing that entrepreneurs go through is like maybe starting their businesses and it's two years in and they have not hit a point where they can let off a little bit on the gas pedal. And so there's a lot of things in there that could be fixed, but I think it's important for to know that this is a longer process than just like solving burnout overnight or in a couple months. And like, you have to go through like the why and get to the root cause, like you said, to really see like, if it's true burnout or like, is this where you part ways? Um, I think that's really good to like differentiate. Yeah. I think it's also the, the thought that like it, it's going to take for you as a business owner, like consistent reflection and like awareness, because you, if you're, you don't have awareness of why, then it's like really hard to, you're making decisions blindly. Right. And no one's saying that you can't go pivot if you're not, you know, aligned to an offer anymore or anything. But yeah. if you're wondering like, is this specific offer creating burnout for me, then you can get into like, kind of like me, my role, my work environment, what's going well, what's not, or like looking at the offer specifically through that lens of like, how's the workload associated with this offer? Do I feel like there's reward? Do I feel like there's an opportunity for community in creating this offer? Like, is it fair to myself, my employees, my other clients that I have, and do the values of this offer align? Like for me, values in my business are impact and efficiency. So when I'm thinking about something, like, so I have more than that, but like, those are good, like, frames for, okay, when I'm thinking about creating a membership, that was at the forefront of it. How can I create something that is efficient so that I'm not repeating the same thing on -on one-on-one calls every single time? Now I know like I've taken all of those, you know, years of one-on-ones, put them into resources, more efficient and tangible that can also create a bigger impact because it can be available and more accessible to more people. So you can look at that. Like if you were thinking about shifting an offer or, you know, pivoting your business in any way, you can take it through those frameworks as well and just like assess it from a different lens other than just the typical you know what does the niche want and what what should i charge for it you can look at it from that way too yeah and i think another thing to like think about is okay just because you do this one thing that helps you make money doesn't mean you can't have another outlet 
to fulfill that impact or that passion. Like that's why I have the podcast. Like Mm -hmm. I love creating that impact. I create an impact with web design, but it's more behind the scenes. Like you don't see a lot of it. So it's just like, maybe there's a different outlet if you're listening that you can find and tap into that really like gives that more fulfillment and like ties it all together. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you're especially not in a place like financially or like physically to make any changes, whether you're an employee or a business owner and you just need some time to like figure it out, like what the actual next step needs to be. That's a really good way. An example, kind of like describe it like buckets, like you have values, let's say you value impact and generosity and service or something. Those are your buckets. Like if you feel like one of those is like super depleted, going and filling that bucket in a different area is really helpful. And that's why it's also really important to know what your values are just as an employee, you know, as a business owner, because when those things are depleted, we'll just run to self-care, like traditional, what we think is self-care. Yeah. Sometimes self-care is actually like what's needed to fill those buckets. Sometimes self-care is like my community bucket is drained. My collaboration bucket is drained. What do I need to go and do? Like go do some coffee chats with people or something like that so that I can like fill that up a little bit more. And that can be self-care. I love that. Um, I want to talk about the buckets real quick because I actually, that really stood out to me. Um, How does someone like determine like how many, I know there's not a right answer or wrong answer, but what would you recommend like having five buckets to start off with? Like how can someone figure out, okay, here's my buckets and then go and find ways to fill them? I think with any kind of values work, and this can be just, you can do it just your workplace values, or you could do it your personal values only, like whatever. And those things can be the same and overlap, but typically there are values that are more like geared toward like efficiency, like not usually people are like, I value efficiency in my personal (laughs) life. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes like those product, you know, productivity people or I, I think, do love efficiency. Yeah, I know. Like the thing, and so a way you can identify buckets, like potentially the things that irritate you more than other people. Wait, mine is efficiency. Okay. So I'm always, oh my gosh, I'm always the person. And this is funny. Oh, now I, I almost caught myself saying boyfriend, but my fiance, <laughs> Um, it's so funny because everywhere we go or like we just pick up and then we talk about oh gosh, like they could really improve their process if they did this one thing or they could really improve their website if they did this. Like I'm always thinking like that. Yeah, yeah. So that could be one of yours. So that's a good hint, a good like, you know, when you think about what, so values like fundamentally are what you find motivating, meaningful and purposeful in life. So when you think about it from that lens and they're informed, you know, they're from your upbringing, they are part of your personality. They can also change and shift over time based on circumstances and experience in life. So we see that a lot in people with their careers, like around, I would say like 30 ish is a really like a pivotal time for most people where they start, stop prioritizing like growth, achievement, success in the same way that they're prioritizing like stability, security, more flexibility, Um, So those are very common like shifts as well. But if you are just thinking about values, like what what you find motivating, meaningful, purposeful. So the the irritants, the things. Can you say that one more time? Motivating, meaningful, and purposeful. Love that. So, 
anything, you can look at really anything, like what, what motivates me to do this when things are X, Y, Z. So for you, you may feel like it's way easier to sit down and do a task when it's like efficient process and you find impact in it and you can also be creative. Mm -hmm. Those are three of your values. So impact, efficiency, creativity. That's my superpower, by the way, is just helping people identify what theirs are. Um, but I think you just identified mine. <laughs> the, the, so like, that's the thing you can look to a lot of like journal reflections and prompts can help you pull out what, what excites you at work, you know, what excites you in life? What do you wish that you had more of um, for work specifically? And like long-term values, I like to think about, ask the question, imagine you had to go give a speech at your retirement party. What words do you hope that you used to describe it? And so a lot of people will say things like fulfilled or impact. And like, so you can draw from values that way. You can look to people that inspire you or that are motivating to you in your life and try to identify what their values are, things that they really stand for and are like, you could look at someone and be like, that person is really just truly like values integrity. I can just tell like, I, I love that about them. Um, so you can, and your values don't have to necessarily be things that are perfect 100% for you right now. It can be things that you you do find motivating and meaningful, but that you're working on. Like one of mine personally is energy. Like I, I really just want to, you know, the four-year-old life, like <laughs> I'm just tired a lot. And so of like, how can I make decisions every day that are actually going to give me energy versus deplete it? And so that's a way that you can start kind of acting more in alignment with values too. I love that. I'm actually going to do that practice. Do you have any other like journal prompts for people that you recommend? Um, So I have a free career clarity journal. So it is career focused, um, but it has 23 days plus of different journal prompts that you can use. So to kind of just help uncover things like that. But if you, it's really easy. If you just like Google, like list of values, you can pull and get ideas from there. I have a lot of stuff on my page about different workplace values specifically. So, and then there's also just, within values, there's so many lenses that you can look at it. So you can look at it from motivation. So if you look at like internal or intrinsic motivation, autonomy, competence, and relatedness are related to internal motivation. So if you have autonomy, if you feel competent, and you have that like relatability factor, you're going to be more likely and more motivated to like internally do things than like if you don't have those things and people could be like throwing money at you all day, but if you don't, if you didn't feel like you had autonomy, you weren't competent and you didn't feel connected to the person, you wouldn't like, it would be hard to motivate yourself to get that done. That's interesting because that goes into why we struggle following through on Mm -hmm. goals for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I guess, does that apply to other aspects in our life? Like if we don't feel those three things, we're not self-motivated or not as self-motivated to go to the gym or to follow through on our promises or keep our promises. Yeah. Yeah. And competence, like being a huge, and a lot of people value competence, not only in themselves, but in other people too, especially high achievers, high performers, they really value that in others as well. And it's a friction, a frustration and irritants when people around them are not competent or perceived as competent. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you could, you could think about, but like going to the gym, for example, if someone doesn't feel like they, are you know at the level that they used to be or that they're they're not fully sure how to use the weights or you know do a proper squat you know they want to go out and do some like hip thrusts or deadlifts but they're like afraid to move into the free weight section that is going to be 
like related to that confidence and that inner drive. Like you could have anyone next to you saying like, come, come with me, I'll do it. But that's, it's going to be more, not that you can't, um, but confronting that through learning can help build that, that internal motivation. Wow. Very interesting how it's all connected. Yeah, it's, it is. um, When you think about like motivation and internal external, it gets into like, that's when you talk about employee engagement and like really how you can motivate employees. That's like a whole separate topic. But if you're looking to motivate yourself, <laughs> that is a good kind of check. Where do I feel like there is like what's resistant like right now for me? And then also, do I feel like I have those three areas? If those were buckets, because those are also values. So relatedness, autonomy and competence are also values. Okay. Those can be buckets that you have. And if those are diminished, how can you go and fill those up a little bit more. Yeah. Wow. I I mean, I could keep going on this topic. Um, Okay. You talked about your freebie. Where can people find that? So it's on my website. It's on like all the links I have. I am at the seamless coach and then www.theseamlesscoach.com. Don't you can check out her website. (laughs) It looks beautiful. (laughs) Um, So thank you for that, by the way. I get so many compliments on it. Really? Uh, That was so fun. It was like, I, I love it. I do. I I don't mean to brag, but it was very good. No, it is really good. It's so like, it just flows really nice. I guess we kind of have like complexity with like business and individuals. So I feel like you captured that very well in a way that I never could. So thank you for that. (laughs) Uh, But yes, I'm the seamless coach on all things, um, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, all all of the places. It's the same. So love that. And we're actually going to do another episode on a different topic another time. But again, I just wanted to condense this and just really talk about burnout. It's really important. And so I think we, I hope, think we hit all the points. So thank you for that. Do you have any last words of, of advice when it comes to burnout? Um, I think the last thing I would just say is that I know that it can feel a little hopeless. Like, I just want to call it out that it, it's not a fun place to be because you're already tired. You don't really want to make, have energy to make the changes. If you're resentful, it's like, why even bother? Nothing's going to help. And then once you get into that, like that confidence, the reduced efficacy and confidence piece, like to me, truly, that's where I want people to actually pay very close attention to because the longer you stay in a place where you don't feel confident, the longer the impact of burnout is going to be for you. And then it can potentially turn into things like depression, anxiety. You know, the impact of burnout can also be physical, like, you know, that much stress. Stress is terrible, you know, for you. That chronic stress is, I mean, stress is healthy and in, in to a degree. Yeah, but we all go through it. Yeah. Chronic stress over time, not great for your body, you know, increased risk for like heart disease, you know, mental illness. It has an impact on your relationships long term, in you know, especially like friendships, intimate partnerships of any kind. Like if you're constantly just in that space of negativity, bringing it home all the time, like that is just I want people to really like burnout is not just something that like, oh, I'm burnt out for the day and tomorrow I'm fine. Like it's actually something that a lot of people really struggle with. And so the longer you stay in it, the harder it is to get out of that cycle and not to like make it discouraging, but there are things that you can do, but you have to like be aware of the symptoms. So again, awareness of like, these are the actual symptoms of burnout and here's what I can do to help manage it, you know, and get help through sport, coaching, therapy, whatever you need, I think is a really important lesson. Um, Been through burnout many times myself. And it's like, I never realized that was what was going on until after 
the fact. And so if that's you also normal, it happens. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, and there is support. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much. And guys go check her out on Instagram, give her a follow and go get that free resource or start your journal activity. If you are experiencing this, I'm going to do it. I definitely experienced burnout last year. Um, and then a little bit this year, but also it's more of alignment thing. So working on that, but I think those questions will help a lot. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. As always, thanks for listening. And if you love this podcast, don't forget to subscribe or leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or on Instagram to help support the show. If you want additional resources to help you grow your business, you can find them on my website at CourtneyMarieCo.com or below in the show notes.